Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Susie of Splendidly Curious. She's a designer, brand strategist, and marketing expert with over 15 years of experience working with nonprofits, large corporations, and small businesses just like yours. Today, she works as a designer, Facebook ad strategist, and marketing director for hire for growing purpose-driven businesses. She lives in upstate New York and has her husband and four kids all helping with her crazy family. (laughs) We loved this episode. It is so, so good. So no matter if your business is small and you're just getting started out and you are kind of the marketing director for your business, or if you're kind of like putting on your big girl panties a little bit, growing a little bit here and there, and feeling like maybe there's some missed opportunities marketing-wise within your own social channels, your own streams of content, or new areas you want to explore, Susie really breaks down what a marketing director is, how that kind of integrates into your business, what an integrator is, and how truthfully these various roles can help you at different points of your business, no matter what your goals are. So this one was really good and eye-opening for us. So I know it's going to be super crucial for you too. Hey, Susie, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. I am actually a very long time listener. So hello. First time caller. That's right. (laughs) And you guys don't know it, but we're actually already best friends because you hang out with me, right? You hang out with me in my car. You hang out with me when I'm cooking. (laughs) You probably get that a lot, lot, right? Like one-sided relationships. (laughs) We sit um, at your morning coffee all the time, right? Oh, totally. Like, yeah, my, my kids know your voices. It's good. <laughs> well, I should probably watch my mouth some more then. <laughs> no, it's my, oh, please. They hear it from me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're excited to dive in and talk about what your company could benefit from having a marketing director inside your business and or what it might look like if you're playing that role and how you can improve and all the things. And we're also talking about like the BuzzFeed word or buzzword. Sorry, guys, I just overcame the flu and my brain is not here yet. So if I mess up some the words, buzz like feed. the BuzzFeed <laughs> word, guys, the BuzzFeed <laughs> word of the day is integrator is what I was trying to say. Yeah. It's super sexy word right now, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to also talk about what that word means and, and who maybe plays that role in your company. And we're going to share a little bit how it works here in our business. All the things. All of it. All of it. Awesome. Yeah. So I would love to hear, yeah, what what are your guys' experience so far with having an integrator role? You were starting to tell me about that. Yeah. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the book Traction, we've only talked about it 
five Are million Are you tired times. of hearing us talk about traction yet? But what we like figured out, because we both spent so long trying to be the visionary together, and there's two of us, and that's been difficult. Not that we ever had like disagreements or anything, but there just wasn't really someone focused on taking the ideas and implementing them and getting them like set up with the right people and on the same time frames and really just like checking in on things. Now I was I think what I was actually doing was trying to do both. A hundred percent. I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. And so from reading that book, I've been able to kind of step back from some of the visionary stuff and focus more on day-to-day stuff, get back into that. I was really into operations management until I was in my car accident two years ago, and I just had so much stuff going on health-wise that I had a really hard time doing those sort of tasks. And so I feel like I'm just now getting back into the swing of what does it look like operating the business on a day-to-day basis? Well, how does that feel all- for you? Sorry, I'm like jumping no, go ahead. Yeah, interviewing you because I want to hear. Yeah, how does that Please feel for you? Getting us on our show, I love. I this. love it. <laughs> I'm so I'm. A, I I don't know if you guys. I can't remember if you guys are Enneagram people, but I'm an Enneagram five, so I'm very like. We're I'm, threes. Oh yes. yes. Oh, that makes total sense. And yep. So and yeah. So I'm like the inquisitive. I'm inquisitive. I want to know everything. Yeah, we go so straight even- into deep conversations. So we're yep. here for it. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, but I would love to. How does that? How is that feeling for you getting back into that role? Does it feel really good? Is it overwhelming? It's definitely a little bit overwhelming because before, you know, it really just meant handling a few key contractors that were kind of minimally working for us. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, our team is back up to 14 or 17 <laughs> or I can't even keep track. And we just hired a full-time employee. And then I'm not actually the one training that person because we've implemented a hierarchy in our business. So I'm like talking to the boss of the person I just hired. And it's nerve wracking and a little bit, (laughs) you know, confusing at times. But I think for the most part, I've been trying to trust my intuition more, really dig into the data and, you know, be the ringleader of kind of putting my foot down a couple times where Emily's like, I'm ready to move on. Or I think we have a solution. I'm like, no, like, we need (laughs) to put more time and attention into this area. Or we're not going to get where we want to be. And so and I think not that we, again, we've never fought ever. I don't understand <laughs> our relationship. But, but like <laughs> for the most part, what that's looked like is Emily's like, okay, I think we're ready to move on. I'm like, no. Nah. And then she's like, okay. And so like, yeah. then we just talk about it. And mm-hmm. sometimes that means roping other people in or discussing. We just used tractions, kind of how to run a meeting meeting. And yeah, their was, level 10 meeting agenda. It was so good. Oh my. It was the most productive, like yes. focused, tailored meeting I've ever had mm-hmm. while also feeling way too stuffy. Like we need to work yeah, on the we need, like We need to get into a flow. <laughs> well, one thing, what I was going to say earlier that came up in our meeting yesterday. So it was our first level 10 meeting and it was our first truly where I was trying to take on the role of visionary CEO and like lead the like bigger picture conversations. Let Abby say, you know, 
she, she needs more questions or we need to spend more time on data or whatever. There were points in the conversation where we had to decide as a team which focus was more priority than the other, like which mm-hmm. problem, which like what thing that we need to actually pay attention to. So we had a list of like 15 things or something. So we as a team of four decided to rank those things in which order that we were going to work on them first. And so Abby was like, okay, I'm thinking these three might be of equal importance. And so you guys just tell me which one you want to focus on first. And so we went with that. We went in that order, we decided we were the tiebreaker. But then I, I read on on our traction little worksheet that it was like, oh, key rule of thumb, don't forget, whenever there needs to be a tiebreaker, it's the integrator's job to break the tie <laughs> because they're the ones that are like, no, because of data or because it affects us in this way, why we need to prioritize this over that. So it was just really funny where I pointed that out. Abby was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it takes getting used to. It's good. And I think what I love about what you guys are doing and discovering here, and also the rise of the sexiness of the integrator, is I think there's been this idea in business for a long time that if you own a business and you're a CEO, you have to be the visionary. Uh-huh. And I, for some of us, and I'm one of them, I'm not a visionary. I am a data person. I am a action person. I may map things out and make them happen person. Now, that doesn't mean I can't see things and make plans and, and make things bigger and better than they were before. And I wonder if you guys relate to that at all. It's just that I find when I'm with my clients... I can't dream as big as they can. I tend to be very practical. I'm really good. I always explain my process to my clients of like, just dump all the puzzle pieces out in front of me, all of them. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions that make absolutely no sense. And part of that is just because I'm nosy. And part of that is (laughs) I'm just going to let all those puzzle pieces wind their way together in my brain. And I'm going to come up with a strategy for how we can use what we've got to make really good things happen. Where that is limiting, though, is we need that visionary who can see beyond what we've got right now. And I think there's a lot of pressure. Emily, that sounds like that comes really naturally to you. For me, I'm so practical that that's really difficult. I would actually be a terrible visionary for a business. I would hold that business back. Like We would do really, really well with what we've got, and we probably wouldn't grow beyond that unless it was taking really practical, measured measurable steps forward. And so I love partnering with visionaries because they can sort of blurt all their dreams to me. And then it's my job to be like, all right, here's how we make that happen. (laughs) So So what do you feel like the key differences between an integrator and someone you would consider a marketing director? Yeah. So a marketing director, I think is a kind of integrator. So, you know, you guys have talked a lot about traction and actually I wonder too, not to throw a wrench into your whole process that you guys are doing right now, but I wonder if you are more of the chief of operations, Abigail, as and maybe you could actually have an integrator under you who's helping you with that big team that you've got now. But we can get back to that. Potentially. Yeah. And that's almost what I'm wondering if I'm hearing because just because you are now the visionary on the operations side doesn't necessarily mean you have to be the taskmaster for it. But that's me getting into your business. But, <laughs> but but that brings us back to, so you guys have talked about an integrator is that person that's going to kind of make the trains run. They're the person that's going to take your big visions and you know round up the team if you've got a team or round up all your resources and make the plans and get things going and actually put the plans into action. And that 
integrator can look a lot of different ways. Now, for me, the role that I've ended up taking on in teams is as a marketing director. And that's what an integrator looks like on their team is a focus on these are businesses that have really good offerings that are solid. They tend to have a pretty good funnel, meaning just from the literal sense of they can get people from cold into a big offering. It's maybe not a super fancy funnel, but it exists. They have oh, y'all got a funnel. You yeah. don't even know you have <laughs> exactly. a funnel. I almost stopped myself from saying the word funnel because people think I know, way fancier. And listen, I love a fancy funnel. I will build you one. But I, you know, every is as long as you've got some way that is working. So then it becomes, okay, you've got an offer that works, you've got a proven concept, you know that people will pay for it, you have some sense of your audience and how to get in front of them. Your biggest struggle in your business right now is getting in front of people, letting people know you exist, moving people from consuming free content into sale. That's when it might be a sign that the integrator you need is a marketing director, which is the role that I play. And so that means that I'm not necessarily... The HR person, right? I'm not necessarily the person who's coordinating the team. I'm not necessarily the person, the systems person, although I do know a lot of systems just from being on the back end of teams. But I'm more specifically going to be the integrator when it comes to everything from website to social media to core messaging. A lot of my clients do in-person events. I even have some who have physical products. So it's actually the design and packaging of those. So anything that could potentially fall under the marketing umbrella is something that's on my plate and my job to maybe not necessarily execute on, although on a lot of my teams I do, but looking at the big vision and then mapping out the strategy for how that's going to get done. And, and where that's a change for a lot of the businesses I work for is probably like you guys, they've worked with a lot of contractors. They've brought in someone for one job. Like we need a social media person or we need someone to help us with this particular launch. And that shift of moving into someone who's integrated into your team can be a really big and sometimes scary change, but also can be such a game changer for what your business is able to do. Because now it doesn't go from someone like Abigail, whose job it is to then tell their marketing contractor, this is what I need you to do. That marketing contractor is picking up some of the mental load and they're seeing the gaps and they're coming to you with recommendations and they're showing up at meetings with, here's what your business looks like and here's what I think we have to do next, which is incredibly different when than a contractor, right? I mean, speak of my language. Uh, if not, <laughs> yeah. If you're not careful, you're going to have a full-time job before <laughs> the end of this interview. <laughs> it, it, it becomes, I love the role. So I actually kind of ended up doing this role by accident. I've been a web designer for, gosh, eight years. I've run my own web design agency, been in marketing for now 16 years for all different size companies from large corporations to nonprofits to small businesses to online businesses. So I I love the marketing. I do graphic design. I've done print design, all kinds of stuff. But what was happening is companies were, especially in the last year, they would hire me to do something like a large Facebook ad campaign because I run Facebook ads. And then I would come to them and say, okay, the ads are great, but your landing page isn't converting. Let's do this. Okay. So what happens after the landing page? Let's get them to, you know, then we're talking funnel stuff, right? And then it's like, okay, they've gone through your funnel. Now what do you want to do? And I had one client in particular say, 
can I just put you on retainer? And I said, yes, I love working on retainer because I love that. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. It's the, well, and I actually, I know creatives who don't, they don't want to know, they don't want to be doing the same project a year from now that they're doing now. Whereas I, I I I still sometimes miss my corporate in-house design job because it's so predictable. Yes. Yes. yes, Because I find with predictability, you can be more creative for me personally. I feel like that. Yes. And, and, which makes sense, right? This is the strategy hour. You guys love strategy. You love numbers. Like you are finding that that the beauty in predictability. I know other creatives and designers who that kills them. Like they can't do good work if they're working on the same thing for months at a time. So we're all just shaking our heads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you crazy people. But like I don't get you. Yeah. <laughs> but there it's so right. It's it's like we were talking about with the visionary. It's how you're wired. It's how you depend. So but if you're someone who likes dependability and like me, I when I come on as an integrator for clients, it takes a couple months for us to find our groove. So it'd be a shame if it was an eight-week project. We'd just be getting to the good stuff by the time it was time to leave. So they asked if I could go come on retainer and I said, yeah, absolutely. I love you. I love your company. I believe in what you're doing. Let's, let's make it official. But then it started to morph into, but I don't just want you to do Facebook ads or I don't just want you to do graphic design. I want you to handle all of my marketing. And that was where, you know, my love, I mentioned before, I'm an Enneagram 5. I'm the weird extrovert Enneagram 5. (laughs) (laughs) So my love of talking to people and working with people and coordinating people allowed me to not just come up with a marketing strategy, but to be able to work with the rest of their team and get everybody on board and sort of get everybody moving towards a common goal. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I think it's so interesting uh, hearing about this position because I think at least in our corner of the internet and our students and our audience, you know, every single person listening is creative in some way and is trying to build most likely a creative business. And with creativity comes some sort of talent at marketing, even if it's small, right? And I feel like every single person in our audience and in this online community in general feels like okay, well, I can, I can learn marketing, everything else. Like I, I need to either outsource copywriting or I need to outsource tech or whatever it might be. But like marketing, I, I, can, I can learn that myself. I can take an Instagram class. I can take a Facebook ads class. I can pick up the phone and call clients and I can do all of that grunt work. And so all of a sudden, like after a couple of years of this bubble kind of, you know, getting bigger and bigger, you're looking around and like every single owner of the business is also their only marketing person on their entire team. And we came like Abby has a legit degree in marketing. And so we at least knew like some actual knowledge over here, but I'm self-taught and a lot of the members on our team are self-taught. And so everything that we've implemented is just gone from that, right? From experience, from what our colleagues are doing, from what we're seeing. And so I think it's really interesting to talk about bringing someone, hiring someone for your team for something that is so self-taught in this industry. So can you talk to me about how like, no, really, they do need you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll start out by saying that I, I love how you explain that, that like little by little, you sort of become a marketing expert, even if you're not one, right? If you got into this as a health coach or you got into this as an artist or a letterer or something like that, you didn't come into this being like, I love marketing, but you do sort of, even if you don't love it, right? Exactly like you just said, you end up sort of becoming your marketing director. Now, I'll tell you that actually primes you to be an excellent boss of a marketing director. You should, and I think I've even heard you guys say this, it's generally a good idea to know how to do the stuff that you're hiring people to do. For the love. <laughs> it's like requirement. I can't tell you how many times I've gone into a Facebook ad account for a new client and they've had an ad strategist in the past and this person knows nothing about Facebook ads, which I'll get back to. That's okay. <laughs> but, but 
what their person was doing before made absolutely no sense. And it probably wasn't that person's fault. It was probably like that person was getting no valuable information from the client because the client knew nothing about ads. There has to be like, you've got to be able to at least discuss it with someone to, to be an effective manager. But yeah, there does come a point where you're going to want to look at what is it that you are doing best? What is it that is your role that is essential to the company, right? Like, so in clockwork, don't they call it like the queen bee role, that role that like you have to be doing and the company doesn't work unless someone's doing it. (laughs) And chances are, even if you love marketing or if you've gotten really good at it, that's probably not your queen bee role. And your company's not going to grow unless you can let someone else handle the big picture vision and operations of your marketing. Now, if you love marketing or you know a lot about it or you have a degree in it, that's great. You're going to have some really fun, really productive, really interesting marketing meetings with your person. But it doesn't mean that just because you can do it, you should be in charge of it. Right. That's kind of the like... And and I find with my teams that that can be a tough transition either because they don't want to let it go or there's like some guilt around it. Like, why am I paying someone to do this? I'm perfectly capable of it. Well, okay. But there's probably something you're doing in your business that your integrator isn't perfectly capable of doing. And how can we get you to do more of that so that you know the rest of the team can focus on all the work that, that supports that and holds it up? Yeah. I felt like it was a lot easier to do the marketing when the whole business was smaller. Yeah, but as yes. we've grown, like just the level that it takes to even maintain what we've built to this point is overwhelming. And so I think that is that like a completely different category, I feel like, of like new baby businesses, that type of marketing of just being like, I'm new and I'm flashy and I'm sexy and buy this thing. Like that is so fun and so easy. But the maintenance of like, yeah, hey, us, we're still here. Keep buying our things. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I I think that's interesting. I think you guys do a great job of it. So it's interesting that it feels that way to you, but but (laughs) you're making a face. For improvement, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Well, okay. So I think there's there's kind of the two stages that you get to with your when you're growing your business when it comes to branding in general. But right, there is like you were saying, the new baby sexy business. (laughs) Those are weird words to put together. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The new baby business where everything's new and exciting. That you tend to be really focused then because chances are you're doing like one thing, right? You've got one offer, you're talking to one audience, you maybe are making that baby business mistake where you're trying to appeal to everybody, but you're going to learn that quick that that's not going to work. And you're going to come down, you're going to talk to one audience, you're going to sell one thing. When you get bigger, you almost have to reset and do that again. And this is a lot of times when teams bring me on is when they're at this point. When it feels the way you guys are describing and everything is everywhere and there's so many pieces and you're talking to so many people and you're not talking to so many people because of that new business insecurity, you guys know you can help a whole mess of people. So how can we make sure we're messaging all of them? Yeah, fix us. (laughs) What I would do... So typically what we're going to do at this point is we're going to like seek to simplify, right? We're going to we're going to Marie Kondo your business here. We're gonna, <laughs> I say this as like I have piles of things around my house because we're <laughs> we're yeah, look at my house. now. Does this bring you joy? The amount of people doing it yeah. is ridiculous. But I will say I did it to my freezer the other day. Yeah, oh. Game changer. I just like reimagined 
my entire coconut shrimp bring you joy. (laughs) Well, not even necessarily that, but just like you, you, you have the same things, and for so long you put them back in the place where they come out. You open the freezer and it falls on your foot every goddamn time. (laughs) It's the same way in your business. Like you just do it over and over again. You're like, I fucking suck at this every time it fails. Oh, I could name you seventeen thousand things we do in our business. One of them majorly, Abby and I talk about every single day. It's the thing that falls out on our foot every ah, single day. Oh, look at this. Okay. You know what it is? Yes. What? I'll tell you all know what it is. It's fucking Instagram. Really? Okay. Oh my God. Okay. We spent, we were so good for so long. I nurtured all those babies and we got to like mm, 30,000 or so. And I was like, meh. It'll just grow on its own. Now, granted, we've grown another 5,000 since then. Our engagement sucks. It's like negative. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 So this is a great example. So what <laughs> the way you would sort of like – and, and I, to going back to what you're saying, like when I say Marine Condo, I mean to simplify. I don't know if necessarily if it brings you joy matters. Does it make you money? Does it – Right. Does it bring your audience money, a whole bunch of joy? Money <laughs> and joy are aligned in my – Okay. That's good. <laughs> that's good. And yeah, it should bring you joy. You shouldn't hate it. But if the thing you hate makes the most money for you, that's a whole thing that you need Thank to look at. Right. You maybe need to make some shifts so that you're not yanking, you know, just immediately throwing that into the donation pile. But like, yeah. So I would, at this point, like, it's a great idea to simplify. And one thing I work on with my clients, and because I have a branding background, is I try to figure out what their brand pillars are. And most businesses have three, some have more. You guys may have more because you're more established, you've been doing this longer. But what are your three, like, golden nuggets that you keep coming back to in your business. What are the three things that are your three main messages? Like if you're going to host a conference, you're going to get interviewed on a podcast, you're going to keynote at some event, you're probably going to go to one of these three topics. Yeah. What are yours? We simplify growth strategies. We educate you to create results based on KPIs. Yeah. We encourage women to show up as they are. Oh, beautiful. I love you. So then (laughs) I would go through an audit of all of your marketing, everything, your email, your Instagram, everything, every single thing you put out there on Instagram, for example, should come back to one of those three pillars. And if it doesn't, it doesn't happen. That should allow you, honestly, to write a crap ton of Instagram content at once to batch it. And I know batching can be like, annoying as heck. But it would also allow like an integrator or a really good social media person to take those three pillars and to be able to create a whole bunch of content. Because now it's not, we're trying to jump on every meme. We're trying to address current events. We're trying to promote do-do-do-do-do. Every single thing is pointing towards one of those pillars. And then potentially if you're at that moment trying to sell something, which again, a good marketing director is going to have a calendar of we know when we're promoting things. It makes it feel less overwhelming because you've simplified. You're not trying to say everything. You're not trying to do all the things. Then what I find with my clients is when we've got that figured out, then the fun stuff happens, right? Like I have a client who just launched to uh, version 2.0 of her podcast last week, and we were able to do some of those fun, you know, Instagram story templates that like you can put gifts in and then people can screenshot and do it on their own. But that wasn't like a major initiative. Our first initiative was to simplify, make sure all the marketing was pointing towards the main messaging behind this podcast. And then the cherry on top was like, oh, we have a little extra time and this would be fun. 
for me anyway, it was fun. I don't know if it would have been fun for anybody else. I love those things. Yeah. yeah. And so those are great. And so the stuff that keeps falling on your foot, like you're saying, but but you've got to find a place in the freezer for it because Instagram is important for you guys, especially because you guys also have really killer personal brands on Instagram. So you know people like you and want to follow you and hear more about you. So you know that's a good playground for you. How can we make it less painful? How can we make it more simple? Yeah. That's part of my job as a marketing director. And if you're a newer business and you're your own marketing director, do that. How can I make this thing that is always falling out of the freezer onto my foot, <laughs> how can I give it its own space and make it less painful but still effective? It Usually the answer is simplifying. Another way I will have businesses simplify is let's double down on what's working. Like stop trying to do all of the things. I don't care how big of a business you are. At some point, let's figure out the things that are making money or are your best funnels or not the thing that you're like, if we can get this right, someday it's going to be a good funnel. Like what right now (laughs) gets people, you know, I have another client that runs a every month or every other month or so she runs a $500 half day goal planning event and 500 ish dollars. And that is a great event of its own, but it's also an incredible funnel into her IN mastermind. So for us, it was like, let's start doing that every month. Like we may not fill it every month, but it gets the right people that get into her real great big offer where she can give the most of herself and help the most people. So it's a matter, instead of it being like, let's come up with new opt-ins and let's come up with new ways to make money and new income streams and let's start a membership and let's da 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 da. It's this works. Let's put a whole bunch of energy behind maximizing this. And then mm-hmm. and then when that's going, let's look at what's next. Maybe the membership's next. Maybe the, the new webinar is next, that sort of thing. So that's a lot of my job is not actually making you do more. It's helping you to simplify really intelligently. And again, if you're being your own marketing director, that's totally something you can do. You just have to be able Absolutely. to step back and look at it objectively. Okay. Well, <laughs> this was your interview for this position <laughs> for our business. <laughs> but you now it makes a lot of sense. We talk a lot about specifically social media content in the beginning, you know, choosing themes and we share our story formula. We have a six or seven step story formula for you guys to steal. And it helps you, especially in the beginning days, to build consistency on Instagram or YouTube or wherever you're wanting to repurpose that content. But I think the reminder here is no matter how big those accounts get or how big your business gets or whatever those accounts are doing for you, sometimes needing a refresher for how you're looking at them (laughs) can help you kind of get like revitalized into doing it. Those pillars coming back to that. Like I've never, literally never looked at these as like what could frame our social media content. So I would put that, yes. and I don't know how you organize your social media content, whether it's in Trello or in... I think it's, no, no, I I think mean, it's funny that you actually think there's an organization. Uh, that there's like, you don't organize. It's literally <laughs> not happening. Okay. So if you were to organize <laughs> your social media content, like, listen, I love Trello because of you ladies. So I do use some Trello, but I also love, I also just like a good spreadsheet where I can see it all in one place, a good Google Sheet. And I would have those at the top of the Google Sheet. I would have those pillars at the top and just be constantly like glancing back up. And and I would even maybe have a column. And I do this with some of my clients so that I can say, which pillar does this post refer back to? Yeah. It makes it all yeah. seem less pointless. You know, sometimes Instagram can seem yeah. very like, why are we doing this? We're not saying anything. No, 100%. <laughs> well, and I think 
At least how I have felt about it. And guys, like plug Instagram for whatever social media platform like you're kind of feeling angst with right now. But I think, and I'll just speak for myself here, but the point where I got with Instagram, with blogging, with anything else really besides this podcast, thank goodness, is that we worked our asses off for three years creating so much content that when I go down to sit and write a freaking social media post, I'm like, I don't need to be writing this. Someone could look in our freaking archives and copy and paste a couple paragraphs and tweak some shit and it could still be valid today. Like we've obviously never brought someone in to do something like that. But I think that that was my frustration. It's like, I'm tired of creating new stuff because we've created what we want to create. And so just like reuse, tweak, and just make a little bit different all that shit we already have out there. And that's totally – when I'm saying like dump the puzzle pieces out in front of me, that's one of the things I'm looking for. One thing I say to clients frequently – now, this is my huge like – I'm flashing my hands right now. Caveat, caveat, caveat. This (laughs) may not be the advice that works for you. But if you're someone like you guys – if I was your marketing director, one of the first things I'd say is, for the love of God, stop creating new content. <laughs> and not just you. I do. I literally have two clients right now that I say that to. Like, good Lord, yeah. don't write anything else. Like, if writing is part of your process and you genuinely love it, it's the part of your job sure. that it's your favorite, great. Get a notebook. We'll figure out what to do with it. Or I may give you a topic to expand on. But for my clients, a lot of times, and I'm not a copywriter. But I get to know someone's brand voice enough that I actually usually end up writing a lot of their email content or a lot of their social content because I'm going back exactly like you said. I know the brand pillars. I'm going to go back and pull stuff out of the archives and I'm going to either use it word for word or repurpose it. Yeah. Or I'm going to like just recycle it so it points towards something new. Where I'm working on a funnel right now for a client for a webinar and literally she's not writing a single email for the funnel because it's all, she's got it all. It's amazing. And some of it I pulled from old emails that she sent a year ago because whoever's on her list right now either doesn't remember it or never saw it. If you don't remember it, (laughs) they definitely don't remember it. don't remember it. Sometimes sometimes I remember old emails. I'm like, oh, this is good. (laughs) I have a client. I don't remember. Here's an email. She's like, oh, no, no. I just emailed about that six months ago. And I'm like, okay, well, the open rate was 11%, so nobody read it. (laughs) And anyone anyone who did read it, there's no way. Like, nobody cares as much about your business as you do. They're not going to remember the is not going to remember that email. Like, and then no. so like, yeah, between old email content, between her blog posts, which are phenomenal, there's were everything for this funnel is already written. It's just a matter of like reworking it. So that's another way. Like I have clients simplify is like, get down to your pillows, use what you already have. Like there's so yeah. much. And then another way that we can grow from there, from where we've simplified is, okay, how can we take this thing that you've already written or this thing that you already have and how can we make it be everywhere? And by everywhere, I don't literally mean everywhere. I mean, everywhere that's relevant for your audience. Can we turn this into a medium article? Can we turn this into an epic blog post? Can we turn this into, you know, LinkedIn is becoming like the thing now for high-end clients. It's back. How can we repurpose it? (laughs) How can we repurpose this content for LinkedIn? And so that's another part of like, if if you're hiring uh, an integrator or marketing director is how can you do the exact same work you're doing right now, or in your guys' case, less work (laughs) and make it louder in the sense that it shows up everywhere. It gets in front of the right people. And that's something that a marketing director will do too, is like get the stuff you're already doing in front of more people intelligently. So you're not constantly starting new initiatives. 
So I know everyone's going to have a bajillion ideas, but they're going to be a little overwhelmed with implementation. And so can you give us three to five action steps to either figure out if hiring or like being more intentional with this kind of initiative inside your own business is the way to go next. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say first thing you want to do is look at your business. And I wouldn't do this in the middle of a work day. I would give yourself a CEO day. If you can even get out of your normal workspace and go somewhere else that you can just so you can have that like objective point of view and figure out where are the bottlenecks in your business. You know, we've been talking specifically about marketing right now, but it may be another part of your operations that that are the the bottlenecks. So be really curious about that. Look into how they can where are you getting stuck? Where is something never getting done? Where are clients falling off or never moving to the next step? What are the projects you keep thinking you're going to get off the ground and they never get off the ground? Why are you not where you want to be in your business right now? And what's bottlenecking you from getting there? So that's a great place to start. And that's a good place to figure out if you need some sort of integrator. And then also like what that integrator would be doing. Is it a marketing director? Is it a systems director? Is it you know an OBM? Is it something like that? Then I would look really critically at where are your growth opportunities. And this is the kind of painful piece, the growth opportunities that you're missing right now. Where are you not making money that you could be making money? Where are you leaving money on the table? I could name 10 that we're that's doing actually, here. And see, so like, like, as a marketing person, I'm like, that's great because, <laughs> because perfect. Like, that's, that's wonderful to have. It's harder to invent opportunities for yourself than to go after the ones that already exist that you're just not getting to yet. So, so that's yep. the happy part, yep. right? Is like, <laughs> what are the growth opportunities for your business that you're not able to get to right now? Is it getting published somewhere? Is it getting, is it a, have to do with visibility as far as like getting on podcasts? Is it starting that? YouTube channel? Do you actually need to start it? And are you just not getting to it? Is it someone who buys your lower end offer? Do you not have a clear way to move them up into being buying again from you or buying at a higher rate or working with you more one-on-one or whatever your next offer is? You know, So customer recidivism, are you losing people? Like where... And again, be really honest with yourself. You've got the bottlenecks and you've got the gaps, right? So figuring out where those are. And then, so those two action steps should give you an idea of if you're going to hire someone and what that's going to look like. And then if you are going to hire someone, the other thing I'd love you to do is figure out your strengths. You know, we've talked a little bit today about Enneagram. If you read Traction, you can figure out your role there. It could be Myers-Briggs. It could be, you know, there's so, so many of these frameworks, personality frameworks, and I love them all. But like knowing yourself really, really well, and then knowing what you don't have on your team, what strengths don't you have on your team, so that when you go to hire, it's really easy for you to know what you're looking for. Like maybe you don't know, like I know I want an ENFJ. Like maybe that's, you're not that specific, but if you're like, you know, I would love that person. <laughs> there, you, there you go. But if you're like, I know that I need, you know, for Strengths Finder, like I'm a lot of input. If all of your strengths are action, but you need someone who's a little more thoughtful and a little more strategy and a little more who's going to slow you down and make sure it's going to be done well, you know, maybe that's the person you're looking for. Or if you're someone who is like gets caught in their own head and you don't have an implementer, you don't have an action person, 
you know, maybe you need that. Maybe you guys have such a big team, you need a woo person, someone who's going to get the team going, is really excited and like loves people. You know, sometimes I don't love people so much. So like, maybe you need with a big team, you need someone who loves people and who's going to be happy to hear about all of their problems and solve them and make their lives easier. So getting really honest about what your strengths are and then what holes you need to be filled in the person who's going to be that integrator for you. That's really important too, because someone can be great at their job but may not be a good fit for your team. I read a stat recently that people tend to hire themselves over and over again, right? Like you hire, (laughs) you're laughing, you hire the people that have the exact same strengths as you, which is great. You're going to have a lot of fun together. Nothing's going to get done. So (laughs) just recognizing that like you need people who are going to fill in where you aren't. And I guess the last, like, this isn't really an action item. It's more just advice is like, Do whatever mindset work you need to do on yourself to be ready to give up some control, to trust that you've built this business and you know your business really well and that you're hiring very carefully and you're not going to micromanage. But more than just micromanaging, you're going to take that time that you freed up by investing and adding to your team and do more of the stuff that makes you more money or that gets you closer to that goal you want to get to and trust that you're going to have check-in processes and that this person is going to be great and that when they come to you with suggestions, you're going to try some of them (laughs) or or you're at least going to hear them out and you're going to have some trust. Nobody can love your business as much as you do, but... A good integrator is a person who gets really invested in your business, who isn't just like literally checking things off a list. And those people are important. You need task people. Like the world is done by task people. But an integrator is someone who gets really is going to feel like your business is their business also and really cares deeply about it. And so if you can trust that person, that's going to free up so much mental load for you to go and do other big, amazing things in your business. So helpful. Thank yeah, you so thanks much. Thanks for talking about this with me, guys. Well, tell us where everyone can hang out with you online. Yeah. So I do have a website. It's splendidlycurious.com. That's the name of my business. And I'm there. I, you know, hopefully by the time this airs, we'll have a little more information for you, right? I'm one of the, like, I am so behind the scenes of other people's businesses that I'm not always available for anything. But I do, I would love to answer any questions and help out. So I'll try and make sure there's something there to see. And then I mostly hang out on Instagram and that's at Splendidly Curious, all one word. And I love, come say hi. I love, I have a new baby. So I think I'm like a a lot of new moms where I'm watching a lot of Instagram stories at night while I'm nursing. So (laughs) yeah, I'm on there a lot and I'd love to connect with people there. Yay. Thank you so much for being here today. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. 
Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.